And greetings. Happy Wednesday to all of you. Steve Dace here. I am inside the posh studios here for Blaze TV. Yes, we actually have power restored to the building. This is where I should have been yesterday. I want to give a hat tip to Pat Gray and his team for letting me commandeer their studio after they completed their program today. I am in Dallas. Aaron and Todd are back there in Des Moines. And we have a, a special show lined up for you. We've never done this before, but we're going to do a full two hours of buy, sell, or hold, or thereabouts, um, when you take out commercials and our bantering, but a full show of buy, sell, or hold, because it's the last buy, sell, or hold of the year. The way the calendar worked out, one week from today is our final show of the year, so we weren't going to be able to do any buy, sell, or hold, so we thought, let's just do an entire buy, sell, or hold show here. Aaron, I trust that you have recommendations, propositions, submissions that are worthy of this extended level of airtime, my friend? Well, we received over 300 submissions, which might be close to a record. I took the top 40 plus one. The last one will be at the end of the show. I think it's special enough, and I don't know if you're able to stick around and do overtime. I guess probably not, so maybe Todd and I, whatever we don't get to, Todd and I will finish up in the overtime. That's absolutely outstanding. And Yesterday, I, I just want to say, yesterday could not have gone much better uh, for the future of our movie, Nefarious. Excellent. And uh, the the feedback um, that uh, we received from some important meetings we had yesterday and who we screened it to, and uh, I wish there was more I could say publicly. I can't right now. Here's what I can say. Um, I'm hopeful by the end of the first quarter of next year we will have a 2023 release date secured for people to look forward to getting to see the film uh we're going to start working on the trailer here uh now that the film is finished finished um but um i there's a i have to i have to stop myself because there's a lot of things i want to say right now that um i probably shouldn't say publicly yet but there will be a time and a place but um, I'm just, I, there was a moment yesterday, guys, I had to pinch myself and just say, Lord, how did a kid born to a 15 year old mom get in this meeting? <laughs> you know, I mean, how did, how did I even, how am I in this conversation? I mean, what, what I mean, and Providence is the only answer. I, I wouldn't know how to make a movie if I tried. I wouldn't know how to connect all these dots that are just seemingly getting connected, uh, you know, uh, seamlessly if I tried. I mean, it is just very clear that, um, you know, I mean, this is providential. And I, I will say this. One of the people who got to screen the movie while we were here this week, I, 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 will, I will describe them as a person with a high level of experience at a high level of the motion picture industry. Is that fair? Is that a fair description? Yeah, I think you're you're underselling it. Without naming who the person is? Okay, all right, maybe underselling it then. Okay. That, that, That person told me yesterday they have never seen a movie like this. Ever. They, they, they weren't even sure what to compare it to. And compared Sean Patrick Flannery's performance as nefarious to Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. So that's the second time in as many days you've heard that comparison. And then, and then told me, and by the way, I think Anthony Hopkins might be the greatest actor that ever lived. 
I mean, I, I don't even know what to say to that, you know? And and for me, I'm on my, like, 14th viewing of this now, so I know all the plot t- twists, right? I know everything that's coming. So the I'm not emotionally invested in watching it anymore. And so I'm analyzing it now, you know? And, and I'm at the Keith Jackson analyzing his paralyzing, and every time I watch it now, I'm looking at, man, if we only had another 100 grand, we could have done that better. Or if we had another half a million, we could have done that better. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm breaking it down, you know, like a film now, you know? Uh, you know, but, uh, and, but and not watching it as a film goer. So I kind of get excited all over again because after I view it, I'm always, I'm at the point now that I'm like, oh, could we have done that better or differently if we had more time? And, you know, they weren't trying to sue us out of existence. You know, we could have had more takes and more days to film and yada, yada, yada. And so for me, my, my enthusiasm gets renewed, guys, when other people see it freshly for the first time and and have the experience that I did the first time I saw it. If that if that makes sense, does that make sense to you guys? Because when I write a book, you know, and Todd can attest to this having gone through this process with me a couple of times now, there's maybe one or two at the most rounds of edits. And then it's and then we just move on, you know? So, I'm not reading the book 7 8 9 times before the public does. So, I've never gone through anything like this creatively. You guys know I don't go back and watch old shows we do. I don't watch old clips of what we do. I don't watch clips of myself. Um, so I've never been through a creative process where I am constantly reevaluating, you know, our, my own material or our own material. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it's just fun for me to, 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 to go through it with people who have not seen the film for the first time and to have that, you know, energy and enthusiasm renewed every, with, with each one of these. At some point, someone's going to say your movie sucks, kid. At some point it's going to happen. It just has to, right? I mean, that's the odds, right? But it hasn't happened so far. Well, yeah, but that person who's going to say that is a groomer, so who, <laughs> yeah. who the heck cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you you just see different kinds of people, as I, as I said yesterday, you know, from my wife to Chad Prather, and you see them, listen, we're coming off the heels here of what's going on with Twitter and things are fine. And, um, with Fauci, things are finally getting exposed, but for so long accused of misinformation, uh, you know, having to go underground, getting blocked, getting banned. And this movie comes along into all these different types of people. It says the things that everybody has wanted to say for a very long time it declares a verdict it points a finger and says you're guilty and we're starving for it we're absolutely starving for it so this this movie does it doesn't address any of that specifically but addresses all of it and more historically alpha and omega it says where the truth is who's right who's wrong and whether people knew what they were getting into or not, even us within the Blaze family who go to work mm-hmm. every day fighting for this, though, this brings it all right to the surface. It makes it beautifully raw. Beautifully raw. That's an interesting uh, term of art. Mm. And I think that fits. And I've described, I remember the first time we went through Nefarious Plot. I had just started working for you, I think, Steve. And I just described it as we were going through it as just uh, gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. And in terms of that, you can't you can't translate Nefarious Plot, the book, into a one-to-one movie. It's, it's just not like that, and we've talked about that before. But in terms of the overall feeling that you get after reading it, 
it absolutely has translated into the movie, which was kind of the, the one of the points of the books, or at least one of the devices of the book. It's just like a dog who poops. It shoves your nose right into that poop and kind of uh, uh, it just makes you makes you analyze this, and not a very un, and not a very comfortable way, mm-hmm. a very uncomfortable way, and uh, that's that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Well, I mean, this is those are great words, guys. Thank you. And this has been quite an experience. And the next few months are going to be uh, a ton of fun uh, as we get it prepped now for uh, the public at large to get a chance to see it. So I'm excited. I know you're excited. And uh, just thought I'd take a few minutes and explain why I'm down here and what we've been up to. And, um, you know, sitting in a, in, a, in a room yesterday with one of the screenings we did here this week and with someone I have an immense amount of personal respect for. And watching them react throughout the film and hearing their reactions and, and hearing how much they were into it, I mean, that was, that was a very cool experience for me. So, I mean, this entire thing has been very, very cool. And it's six years ago this week is when we signed the contract with Believe uh, for the movie rights to the book and Nefarious Plot. Six years ago this week, and now here we are. Um, getting ready to bring this thing to market next year. So very exciting times. Well, quick question before we move on, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. In ter- how many times? It, okay, which number is greater? The number of times uh, that you've been asked in those six years? Hey, any updates on the movie? Or the number <laughs> of current boosters that we're being asked to take? Which number is greater? Oh, that dude, that's a buy seller hold right there. Okay, I mean it's never ending, never ending. Uh, but um, what was what was a far less riskier proposition, being the seven hundredth person to ask Steve Day, saying when's your movie come out the last six years, or taking even one of those boosters? Do you think what was the riskier proposition? Uh, the former, or the latter? The latter. The, the, the latter. Yeah, the latter. I got the Freudian slip. I'm feeling you. All right, all right. Let's get to a special now rest of the show version of Buy Seller Hold, brought to you by our friends over at Preborn. Uh, Preborn pregnancy clinics are positioned in top abortion areas where most abortions still take place. But Preborn doesn't stop there. They love and support these mothers with maternity clothes, diapers, counseling, so much more, and all for free and up to two years. But in order to provide that kind of service, to love them both, to both save the babies and their mamas, all right, um, they need help from people like us to make that free and affordable. For just $28, you can help them rescue a baby's life. For $140, you can sponsor up to five ultrasounds. And now, through a match, your gift will be doubled. 100% of your donation will go towards saving babies. And our goal here is to save 50,000 Blaze babies on top of the tens of thousands that Preborn has already saved. All right. So if you want to join us, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby on your phone. Pound 250, say the keyword baby on your phone. Uh, or just donate securely at preborn.com slash Steve. That's what our family did. Donate securely at preborn.com slash Steve. All right. You guys know the way that this works. You choose... The issues, the list, the topics, the predictions, etc. Todd and Aaron and I uh, will determine whether we are buying or selling. And if we hold at all one time, we will be cast out for violating the dude code because we have punked out. Gentlemen, let us begin. 
All right, we will begin with Anthony, who says artificial intelligence is the ultimate anti-Christian, anti-human technology, given that its premise is that humans are inadequate and most should be replaced. It will further reduce human interaction and decision making, leading to an unprecedented decline in real intelligence. Bye. Can I ask a clarifying? Okay. Can I ask a clarifying question before I answer this question? Sure. Is that am I allowed to do that? Okay. Do we accept the premise that all artificial intelligence is done with this premise? All of it. All of it is. No, but that's where it's going at a precipitous pace, in my opinion. The artificial intelligence of 10 years ago was uh, a lot different than it is today. In that, Mm -hmm. I think the AI of 10 years ago, or what was being developed 10 years ago was for more practical purposes. Now artificial intelligence is... What I'm seeing it go... I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, heard of this uh, Dolly 2.0. It's some sort of artificial intelligence. I've seen it before. You type in any random phrase and it will spit out the image that you typed in. It is the creepiest thing ever. Like, hmm. creepiest thing ever. Um, and I think the, where artificial intelligence is going is trying to replicate or replace real intelligence and real human creativity. That's where I see it going anyway. Okay. Todd, flesh out the rest of your answer before I give mine. I want to hear what you have to say first. Well, I think we're beyond the theoretical uh, right now. Aaron's uh, example is just uh, one of many uh this is something in the words of the people who aspire to raise it to its highest levels yuval harari it it means to enslave us they they say that's what they want to do with it i take them at their word just like i take the groomers at the, their word there's no more you know it make but it makes our life so much easier you know all of the uh, all the tech we're getting to the place now we, we really are, uh, that uh, with what they promise they want to do with all this technology, would we have better off still be uh, in uh, horse and buggy uh, land? I, those are the serious questions uh, to be asking because we've been seduced by this technological marvel we've created. Uh, and the greats uh, knew this. Uh, Steve, you, uh, a movie fan, you know, Frankenstein's monster. This this is the stories they were telling. Uh, now you, uh, making the movie we just got done talking about, are, have inherited that mantle. Nefarious knows exactly what is going on uh, with this AI. So uh, it, it, it's getting chilling and it's, you know, we, we are so seduced by its comfort. It's just going to happen like that. We're already slaves in, in, in many ways that we don't even know about or don't even care to understand. But when the moment comes and we know we're slaves, we won't be able to do anything about it anymore. That's a very compelling case. I, I think I'm going to sell... Because I, I, I would prefer the wording slippery slope more than a premise. I mean, I, I, I think there have been gene therapies, genetic technologies 
that began with the premise of saving lives, that because of the deterioration of society, the divorce of science from a higher ethic, um, it, can, it can then deteriorate and, jo- and, and, and slippery slope into what we're currently doing uh, with these mRNA poisonous jabs, as just an example. Um, so I'm going to sell, but I'm not, but, but I, I, I absolutely find what Todd just laid out to be, uh, a, a, a compelling, um, a compelling homily to consider. All right. Up next, we go to Truth Over Vax, who says the nefarious movie will receive the unplanned treatment from the media, like theater showtimes being excluded from papers like the New Yorker. I'll sell. I didn't even you want to. I didn't even know that happened. By the way, number one, people read for go to go to movie times in the New Yorker. Like you just don't jump on the Fandango app and and get those. But um, I'm gonna sell, and here's why. Even though the even though the same people that made Unplanned made this film, this film is not Unplanned. It is a dramatically different film. Un, unplanned is a polemic. It's a polemic for our side. It's a polemic that is has no subtlety to it whatsoever. Um, and, and, and you know going in that it, it has an agenda. The film was done as a pro-life apologetic, purposefully. And, and therefore, it, it led with the light. It led with the light, and um, there was nothing subversive about it. Nefarious is a far more subversive film. And Nefarious is going to lead from the dark. In the middle of it, he is going... In the middle, it'll be dark. And at the end, it'll be dark. All right? There, there is no... There will be no conversion scenes here. Not happening. I mean, one thing I have heard from a couple of seasoned saints that have seen it, tough watch. Tough to listen to somebody essentially convict my own generation for what we allowed to happen on our watch. Now, that's going to be tough for a 75-year-old Christian to hear. I don't think a 28-year-old unbeliever gives a wit about that. Won't even understand parts of that. And I think that's the subversive nature of this. That Lewis, Lewis discovered with the screw tape letters and the phenomenon that it became. Maybe is mo- the most successful thing that he wrote. That people will let the darkness say things to them that are true they won't take from the light similar to <clears throat> you'll let the culture will let Dave Chappelle say things to it. Although we're getting to the point. We don't want that to happen either, but we're getting to the point that date will let Dave Chappelle say things with 75 F bombs in between 97 drags on a cancer stick about the reality of gender that if a pastor stands up and says it wearing, you know, a sweater vest or a priest stands up and says it wearing a priestly garb, uh, uh, you're a bigot and we recoil at that. And, and, and I think that this film is, if, if Unplanned was a polemic, this film is subversive. I think, I think this film is going to blindside them. Yeah, that's the reason by my answer uh, completely. They're not going to, it's one thing to <coughs> pardon me try to bury a cause, but they, they don't want to elevate the names involved here so they're not going to draw as much attention uh to it uh, unless something changes here in the environment they're not they're not going to want to 
make by by overtly coming after the names of Steve Dace or the particular uh, uh, mm-hmm. directors behind believe they because they hold you in contempt and they find that beneath them so if, if this movie is as successful as we all believe it, it uh, can and should be that may very well and likely will come after the fact but i i agree with steve's analysis all right next brian johnson the democrats hope the gop will follow along with their effort to move to south carolina into front of the uh, primary season south carolina would most likely give trump a victory and that's exactly what dems want So uh, I'm gonna. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> man, I can't clear my throat, guys. Sorry about that. I'm I'm gonna sell. Uh, I'm not as involved uh, at, at in this in, on an intimate level as I have been in cycles past. But <clears throat> my buddy Bob, my buddy Bob Vanderplot still is, and he's pretty confident that Iowa's going first next year. So I'm going with him. So I'll sell. Also, I don't believe that's exactly <clears throat> what Dems want. Like last time, they. They want a lot of things. They're very schizophrenic. That you know, they want him in jail. They want him buried and uh, never to be in the spotlight again. I, I don't. I don't really think that they're sitting around pining for him to be the guy uh, again. It is, they know how. Yes, they do feel like they've claimed some measure of victory regarding Donald Trump now, but they also know that that was quite a circus and i'm not sure that they're game to really go there again can i can i address this in a little more detail for just a moment sure i i think i think you need to understand that the i think folks the mob outside lot's house and i fall into this sometimes too doesn't have a master plan they're not playing 4d chess either you just think they do because they get to do whatever the hell they want and have almost every institution applauding it or enabling it the people that represent you have no plan and so therefore you think that the other side has a master plan because they get to act on id and ego and super ego and emotion and craven instinct whenever they want or almost whenever they want and yet there is no there's no coordinated response they're the joke that's why they just do things And there's and there's no there's no there's no Harvey Dent, let right. alone Batman. Yeah. Except for Florida. Now in Florida, we have a guy with a plan. And you see what happens, okay? You see what happens when someone on our side has an actual plan, plots it and executes it, it just obliterates their acting out. Just obliterates it. He's the adult. Ron DeSantis is the adult in the room in every exchange with the spirit of the age. Every exchange. He has a plan. He acts on it. Not he's. It's not rando versus rando. He has a plan and acts on it. Most of the people that you have don't have a plan, or that you that represent you that you vote for, that you like don't have a plan, or their plan is after you vote for them to sell you out. And so it just appears that the other side is constantly, you know, Todd's multitudes of references to Rube Goldberg machines on this show over the years. It just seems to you. Like, like they are, you know, they're, cro- they're George Washington crossing the Potomac, that they're crossing the Rubicon hourly, that they're just, they're, they're, they're operating at a higher level. There's no, op- there's no opposition. There's no opposition. It's the one-eyed man is, is king in the land of the blind. The one-legged man 
rules at the ass-kicking contest. No opposition. There's no coordinated opposition. We had, in, in this last cycle, we had a couple of states of coordinated opposition. I live in one. Todd and Aaron live in one. The three of us do. You live in Florida, you live in one. What happened to these people in those states where there was coordinated opposition? What happened to them? Obliteration. They got absolutely obliterated. Obliterated. Like, 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 smited. If we're going to use, you know, mob outside of Lot's house references, they got freaking smited. Unfortunately, most of you listening and watching right now are living and voting for people who have no plan or their plan is to, to sell you out. And so it appears that there, there's a, if they had a, if this was, if this was a master stroke plan, they'd have looked at all of that terrible polling that showed they should have gotten annihilated in this midterm election. And whatever report they're about to come out with on January 6th would have come out the Tuesday before the election. To, to rile up their base to maximum lit because all the polling showed their base was depressed. They can't even get their, their they can't even get a line on what's going to be in that. They're now fighting with Liz Cheney. I mean, about whether it's going to be about Trump or just about Trump or broader issues. They're just random actors of, of craven instinct. The problem is there's no adults who take the belt off and say, you know what, this is going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. And we're going to take a trip here behind the woodshed because someone's got to be the adult here and discipline this. You don't have that. You are, you are aligned with people who believe they have to discipline you instead, sell you out instead. And so it appears when, when, when the other side doesn't have any rules it has to play by, that they're just brilliant. No, they're not brilliant. They just don't have to play by any rules. When you elect people and are led by people who force them to play by rules, they get destroyed. You just don't have a lot of those people. They're not that smart. They just don't have any opposition. Moving on, Brian Lee says, the Eagles win the Super Bowl 31-24 to over the Bills and end up with a top five pick in next year's draft via the Saints. I think that's entirely plausible. I could buy that. Although I am, I am, if, if I am actually rooting for a Vikings Bills Super Bowl just because the universe must choose one of them. I'll buy. Plausible. Next, Bill of Rights Not Suggestions says there's a top tier name in conservative media podcasts that is considered beyond reproach that actually hates all of our guts, even if they've been saying the right things for years and eventually will turn on us. Not asking for specific names, just a simple yes or no. So buy, sell, or hold. Yeah, I can. I mean, I I can think of like two or three. I mean, I, I, I lost out on a job, which I'm so thankful I did not get. Um, me, Eric Metaxas, and Joe Walsh were finalists to host Afternoon Drive in New York City for Salem Radio. And they gave the job to Joe Walsh. And if you go back to 2016, man, he was an original Trumper, an obnoxious one. I mean, he was like if Gateway Pundit and Conservative Treehouse had quadruplets hosting a radio show together in harmony. That's what Joe Walsh was. What is he now? I don't know. I mean, know. he's a quizling. He's a whore <laughs> pimp for the left. That's what he is now. He doesn't know. He, you know, you, you know we'll, we'll, Joe Walsh is will verbate for food. That's what he is. Will verbate for food. Who's paying me? What's the script? That's what I got to say. So would I be shocked 
that, that, that there are big names. And I don't know who that would be either at the level this person's talking about. I'd probably, you know, I, I, I'd probably wonder if I, w- if I wanted to nail it down on who it could be, you know, our buddy Jesse Kelly is correct. And that's, you know, the, the jab is the, and COVID lockdowns are the ultimate revealer of who you really were on the right, ultimately. Ultimately. Todd. Yeah, I'm buying, and this has a lot to do with Steve's uh, previous answer about why there's uh, no uh, opposition, because, you know, a lot of times the people uh, in this industry who put on a pretty big show, but behind the scenes, they're the Spider-Man gif, you know, pointing at each other. Um, yeah, that, that, that's a problem. I, I totally believe this could be true. Last one for this segment. Miss Amy says, Steve would rather eat leftover green bean casserole than kiss the Lindsey Graham a nice sloppy one on the face. Uh, so. Whoa. So. Whoa. You would rather kiss Lindsey Graham, Steve? Let me tell you, I'm wrestling with this one right now. I mean, I, 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 I mean, can I ask some clarifying questions? Sure. You really want to has, has does, does, you know? It was Lindsey delicious. Lindsey Graham used Altoids, and Lindsey Graham used Altoids. No, he just got curious done. strong mints. Your mother-in-law makes a fine green bean casserole. He just got done eating. because um I, no, Lindsey Graham just got done eating green, green bean casserole. Oh, then I'll just mainline it myself at that point. The only thing worse than mainlining green bean casserole is taking it to sloppy seconds from somebody else. More in a moment. Steve Day Show. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. I am in Dallas. Todd and Aaron are back in Des Moines, where I will be tomorrow. Weather and America Airlines permitting. Do you love drinking wine over the holiday season? Wish you could maybe... Find high-quality, delicious imported wines at an affordable price. Well, we have great news for you. Over 200 years, a few families deep in the Andes Mountains have been creating some of the greatest dark red wine on planet Earth. Malbec grapes grown at about 9,000 feet of altitude, and now you can get them imported right into your own home as if it was your vineyard. Um, We've got special access right now for this rare supply of extreme altitude wines. When you go to Bonner Private Wines dot com slash steve todd how good are these wines we bueno bing indeed these are these are these are your built bars fair oh yes oh yes fair analysis indeed bonnerprivatewines.com slash steve you'll get these wines at a huge discount for a perfect for any holiday holiday meal with the family and any meal frankly year-round and They're also adding a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive seller. So you're now getting four bottles for the price of three. Four bottles for the price of three. And since we're talking foreign wines, how about complimentary shipping? That's a big discount right there. All right. So huge discount and free shipping when you go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. One more time. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. 
Let us move on to buy, sell, or hold. This one is from Tiny Johnny. Top 10 Pfizer slash Moderna remade shows. You ready for this? Oh, boy. Number 10, Fresh, right. number 10, Fresh Prince of Bell's Palsy. <laughs> I like it. Start. I like it. Yes. Number yes, nine, Spreads All in the Family. Eh. Ooh. Eh. That, that hurts. That hurts. But it's a good one. Yes. Everybody hates Chris. Everybody hates Chris for not boosting. Yeah. Nah. Sell. Todd. Yeah, I never even saw that show. Number seven, Veerwolf. <laughs> that made up for the last one. That made up for the, that was good on its own and it comp and it compensated for the last one. I like that one a lot. Bye. Uh, number six, murder, they boast. <laughs> yeah, I mean Oh dude. Oh my! If we give an opinion on that, can we be sued? I'm asking. Yeah. Should we hold sure. on that one? Maybe. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking we, we we should maybe hold for the future of the program on that one, Todd. Don't answer. Got it. Uh, number okay. five, Fraser, like Fraser, but with the P F. That's Ooh. a little ambiguous. Yeah. Uh, number four, super unnatural. How about if it was Sager? How about if it was Sager instead? You know, like seizures <laughs> and Frazier? Sager? Okay. Uh, number four, super unnatural. I like that. I like that a lot. True story, my <laughs> wife and I were at a uh, we're at an NRB event once in Nashville, National Religious Broadcasters, and we're, there's a massive mall inside the hotel, and we're walking over to it, and there's this incredible throng of people. And we just tell by the way they were dressed, they weren't here for NRB, all right? And we're like, this is incredible. What, what is this? Who's here? What's the, this level of support? It's insane. It was a, it was a convention for that Supernatural TV show. Hmm. I mean, wow. I had a massive crowd of people in the middle of February in Nashville, Tennessee, there to see the cast and stuff like that, yeah. So, the, you know, I, I never saw it. I wondered who, you know, how did that show last? What was it, 14 years or something I think I read? Then I saw the crowd that it was drawing in Nashville in February and realized that show had a major following, for sure. Yeah. Number three, CSI Wuhan. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> That's good. Number I two, like Moderna yes. Family. Yes. I think that might be my favorite, actually. That's this, very good. This one is, good. My ne- is my favorite. Star Trek, No Next Generation. That's on the nose. Oh, my. Oh, oh, my. That, that hurts. That... Mo- Overall was brilliant. Yep. yep Overall yep. was brilliant. That was very good. Moving on, uh, Jason Rowland says, NIL transfer portal and the level of roster tur- turnover it causes is not sustainable for college football unless you adjust the portal rules or you bring in contracts and collective bargaining and go full semi-pro. Who wants to take this first? Well, uh, I will buy. You had and, me at and not that's, that's actually what... That's that's why those things are going to happen. I mean, this is a this is a bridge to get to those things. You're, you're, I mean, you're, we've got conferences signing billion dollar TV contracts and and everything else. I mean, that, that, this this is beyond from in, in terms of economy of scale. It is beyond what we grew up with, and I'm not a huge fan of it. But I can't stop it either. And it is what it is. It's just that it's in a market it's, where it's worth it's worth too much money. It's it, just worth too much money. It. Like more than anything you said, it isn't what it is. It isn't. This is a choice that everybody's making. It's not some inevitability. It's a choice. 
that people... So let me clarify. When I, when I say it is what it is, the value of it increasing to this magnitude is what it is. That's organic. That was never, never going to change. It's just too popular. There's too much money to be made. We're all free market economists to some degree here. This we isn't understand a free that. market. I, 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 well, that's where it, it's going to become one because they made choices that could have staved off these events happening. Instead, they didn't make those choices. They didn't make some moderations to a flawed system. That's or, so because of that now, um, because because. Um, they, th- because while they, while they put all that socialism in your, in your college classrooms, they practice good old fashioned robber baronism because of that. We're now going to get this instead. No, that's, these that's, choices now are worse than any choices were ever made in the past. And that, and, and that's probably true too. I, that's probably true too. Yeah, that's probably true too. But that's what happens when you don't have moderation or prudence. Um, you end up with radicalization and imprudence. And that's where we're going to go now. I agree. Any more thoughts, Todd? This is the relig- religion. Soap operas for men. I mean, it's, we, we, we're drunk on it. We're, we're no better than crack addicts on the corner with this stuff. It's, it's pathetic, which is not to say don't love football because what a beautiful thing. But look what we've done. We turned it into an idol. It's ridiculous. What Bandits has a Mount Rushmore of most iconic Christmas song vocalists. You ready? Hmm. Karen Carpenter. You bet. Andy Williams, Bing Crosby, and Nat King Cole. Is that a sufficient Mount Rushmore? I think that it is. I mean, I, you know, I could have Frank Sinatra on there. Um, I mean, guys, whatever you think about it, you guys know I've had a crush on her since 1990. Um, but... All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey is the num- is, is past White Christmas is the best-selling Christmas song of all time. You know, so I'm, I'm fine if you put her on the list, but I don't have a disagreement with those four. I mean, if, if you listen to Christmas oldie stations this time of year or light, you know, Christmas stations this time of year, those four voices are omnipresent throughout. I mean, where's Gene Autry? Where's Burl Ives? I mean, there's other names you could put there. But I don't think that those four names are immediate, you know, what are you thinking either. So I'm fine with that list. I'll buy it. Me too. Bye. Next we go to Vincane for Jesus, who says, true eschatology timeline kind of thought. Uh, He says the rapture will be within the next eight years, just before the culmination of the New World Order agenda for 2030. Two years ago, I would have been, what the hell are you talking about, man? Now it's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Buy, sell, or hold. This is this one. Is I'm going to sell I, because I think I'm being. I think answer for for Todd here. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to sell because I I still don't know that I hermeneutically believe in the the largely 20th century ph- theological phenomenon of what we call the rapture, and I'm hesitant about putting any specific timeline on something that Jesus Himself said no man knows the date or the hour. So I'm sell on those grounds. But if you weren't asking me to take a position, and if you said, Steve, knowing what you know of that form of eschatology, would you think that that what is being allowed to transpire in the world today? Notice I didn't say that the world is dictating the eschatology, but what is being permitted to occur in the world today may be 
the signs of the times. Those are those are two different things, right? A lot of people interpret their eschatology by what's going on in the world, right? And so that's why early Christians believed they were living in the last days. Then we get into a post-Augustine Constantine era, and Rome has has Christianized, and now the eschatology that you know uh, Todd's church has largely preached for the last millennia and a half since then, amillennialism, that becomes the new thing. Now that Christianity is mainstream and it's not under the constant threat that it was before, we get into po- the post-Reformation era, and now post-millennialism. You know, we're we're printing the Bible into different languages, new tribes and 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 customs are learning and being missioned to for the first time, and so now we're beginning to think that the church. Uh, is triumphant in history. And so what now became known as post-millennialism becomes increasingly popular. A lot of, you know, late 19th century Americans didn't even know what premillennialism was. It, it exploded in popularity after the disaster of World War I and the war to end all wars and the idea of a technocratic empire destroying what's left of humanity. I'm just saying we have had a tendency in the 2,000-year history of the church to glom on to the eschatological theory that most fits with the times in which we live. That all being said, given what I know, which is a lot, I'm not a theologian, but I've studied it quite a bit, given what I know of that version of eschatological view, I do think there are clearly things being permitted to be put into motion in the world that for the first time would make, in my opinion, the realization of that eschatological view um, possible and achievable in human history for the first time. How's that for a very convoluted answer? That was great. I'm Catholic. Oh, okay. there I thought it was go. pretty convoluted. There it is. Bing. Okay. Right. You know what? I'm, I'm going to start binging when Todd says I'm Catholic. We should, let's, can we clarify since it's, let's give the people a Christmas gift. When Todd says that, what does he mean? Does he mean, do you mean you have no eschatological view? You have nothing. None. Is that what that means? It does not. That's not what it means. What your church teaches, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the amillennial Augustinian view that comes from the parable of the weeds, um, that essentially the city of man and the city of God coexist in some form together until Christ and in, 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 in tension with one another. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't, but there, there's a tension with one another for essentially the hearts and minds of the planet until Christ returns and separates the, uh, the wheat from the tares, pulls the weeds from the garden, uh, the, like the parable of the weeds. Is that an accurate yes. description of what your church teaches? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, think it's, I just think we should clarify that. I, I know, I chuckle. Because when you say that, I think a lot of evangelicals mean you have no eschatology. That's not what it means. That's just, it just means it's, it's, it's not, it, it, it's, 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 it's plainer to you than it is in evangelical circles. That's and it, it also means, me, yeah, that's the serious part. The, the, the joke about it, the, the wryness, I guess, behind it is again, it, it's a riff. It's the opposite of your color-coded rapture chart guy yeah. so th- can i take that i was just gonna this is the idiocracy so a lot of times when protestants get into the eschatology it is uh why come you know got a tattoo todd <laughs> comes in and says yeah here's my tattoo i'm catholic i i always chuckle at that yeah that's perfect all right bef- that's good before we move on our friends over at taiga cooler still time to get a really unique gift for a client you know, uh, putting their logo on one of their premium coolers at Taiga Coolers. Uh, maybe you're blessed to live in a place that will know no winner here uh, now and shortly. So 
it's hangout season. It's outdoor season for you year-round. Uh, maybe you've got a loved one that loves summer, and you want to give them a Christmas gift that, that warms the cockles of their heart, to look, something to look forward to here in the desolation of winter. Regardless, these are some of the best coolers out there, American-made, uh, from, made by actual Americans as well, and they can be customized premium coolers that come with a lifetime warranty, and they're, they're, uh, they love America, and they're big fans of the Blaze, so they share your value system as well. So don't buy one of the communist coolers. Buy one from our friends over at Tyga, and get 10% off right now with the discount code Steve when you go to tygacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A, T-A-I-G-A, promo code Steve for 10% off at tygacoolers.com. All right, worship leader Caleb says, great Christmas movies should have an elderly white-bearded man, elves with gifts, snow, evergreen trees, singing with friends, selfless love. Which is why the best Christmas movie of all time is Lord of the Rings. (laughs) You know, those movies were all released, actually, at Christmas time, uh, if people will recall. Um it is. I like your answer, but it is not the best Christmas movie of all time. So I will sell. But I so, like. I, mean, I, I like your formula overall. Yeah. Agree. So uh, next we go to Marcus Buer, who says Arizona Republicans will sabotage Carrie Lake's lawsuit to not be called election stealers. But to the degree I'm, they have the option of doing so, by I don't know where they sit in all this now. So I'm. I'm going to sell, not because. And guys, I, you guys know, I, I can't even talk about this, man. I'm just so freaking broken, all right? I, I don't have a lot of optimism about her suit, not because I don't find it compelling. I mean, she laid out a ton of pieces of specific evidence in and her that'll, lawsuit. That'll be right? the entirety of tomorrow's montage, by the way. There you go. There's a little spoiler for you. But um, I, I'm going to sell just because I don't know what Arizona Republicans can do now that this is within the purview of the courts. I don't, I don't know... What they can do. So I will sell. I mean, she she couldn't sue by Arizona law until the election was certified. So it, it just seems like it's kind of out of their purview now. I'm not I'm not sure what they do. So I sell. Uh, I, mean, I don't think sell, that they're so. any great fans of Carrie Lake. I just don't know what they could do now. I agree. I just bought because they really want to. Because they're those kinds of people. No, that's, that's, we're not, we know, okay, right. unless we should be hearing, they they should be no names nationwide. Maybe they are down there, and if they are, I apologize. Keep fighting the good fight. But I don't know. I I don't see people really coming forward. All right, we have ninety seconds before our break. Sean Griffiths has the top political hero themed gift ideas for this Christmas uh, year. Anthony Fauci, Elf on the Shelf. No. We got President Zelensky, no. Piggy Bank. No. We got a Vladimir Putin model rocket kit. We got an oopsie poopsie Joe these. Biden doll. We got Kamala Harris and like Lindsey one. Graham knee pads. And we've got a Ted Cruz themed Aid Mubarak prayer rug. Oh, man. Uh, I feel <laughs> you like that list? Have a very bad taste in my I, mouth. I, 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 it left me a bad taste overall. I did not like the first few. I didn't really, frankly, like any of them, but the the, the 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 couple at the end are brutally funny, meaning that I didn't personally like them. So the list might be good, but um, yeah, it's creative. I'm, I'm selling. Yeah, so I'll, let's so not I guess speak I'll buy this it. into existence now. Well, yeah, we got yeah, through I about just, uh, uh, it, yes. 12 submissions, 11 or 12 submissions so far this hour. Uh, we have many more to go. We can go at any pace that you want to, because I think regardless, we're going to have leftover for overtime clarification are we getting the special one at the end regardless of how many we get we're through? getting that one in the overtime 
Unless you, you want it, unless time. you want, unless you really want that one on the main show. I just thought we'd treat our uh, subscribers to the special one. That's up to you. That that's up to you. I've got to bounce right after the show to catch my flight, so I'll got leave it. that up to you how you want to do it. I am in your capable hands. All right. Two here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. I'm Steve Dace down here in Dallas. One more day catching a flight right after the show to head home, and then I'll be reunited with my crew back there in Des Moines. That's where Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre reside. I don't know where you live. You can tell us by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can also follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. That's D-E-A-C-E and TikTok and Instagram. And you can also find clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. Uh, Those of you that are podcast listeners, thank you so much for being one of those. You're a big reason why we're going to be on the air again here next year because our contract was set to expire at the end of this one. But they gave us a new one mainly because of you. So thank you for that. We appreciate that. And all of you, uh, please, again, show your appreciation for us if you've yet to do so. Leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe or follow, as the case may be, on the podcast platform of your choice. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. We appreciate each and every single one. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. Find out why we have gotten so much positive feedback this year about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier, which uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, pet odors, smoke, a lot of the things that you want to get rid of in your home or your office. It does that for you. And so many of you have taken a chance on Eden and then have let me know after the fact you couldn't believe how well this product works. And there's no filters, best of all. So you won't have to buy those over and over again out of pocket and then have the time in it as well to waste replacing them. You'll never have to do that. They come in packs of three for whole home protection, one on every level of your home, or if you've got a single or split level, or you just have one area that's a problem. Maybe though you've got a, a you know a rental or um, you know a vacation home, or you've got a place of work that you've got some issues with, split them up. All right, because you can do that as well. They come in packs of three, and right now you can get all three for under $200 and free shipping. For under $200 and free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, and use the code Steve3, Steve3, to get that special offer. Code Steve3 at EdenPureDeals.com. Let us continue on with a special year-end edition, full show edition of Buy, Sell, or Hold. Aaron. Yeah, we've covered a lot of ground. We've had uh, best alternate uh, movie titles. We've had a Mount Rushmore of singers. We've had Arizona politics. We've had eschatology. We've had a good uh, conversation about why Lord of the Rings is not a Christmas uh, movie at all. And now we move on to Brian Johnson, who says, Because of the systems in place, there will not be another Republican president in our lifetime. Let's buy, sell, or hold on that proposition first. Sell. I will. I, I will. I will sell on that. The existence of. Ron I will DeSantis. sell on that because I agree. I I will sell on that because it goes back to what I said last hour. 
it, it appears that you can't beat their system because on, in, on election night 2012, Mitt Romney had Operation Orca with all these attorneys and they never deployed them. On election night 2020, Donald Trump could have pursued the questions that Ted Cruz and others and Samuel Alito, when he set aside the questionable ballots in Pennsylvania and others, um, thought were the best course of action about this election. Instead, we tried to release the Kraken. Okay, There's never a plan. There, there's, there's never a plan that is either both, that is both, I should say, formulated and then executed. It just that doesn't exist by and large, on the right. And so they get to do stuff like, after the fact, just drop off ballots at 4 a.m. They get to do stuff like, after the fact, just black out windows and, and violate election law and not let observers of the other party come in and monitor the counting. They just get to do it because there's no opposition. So it seems like they have this omnipresent stranglehold. They don't. Just nobody punches them back. So let's nominate the guy in Florida who has a plan. And then if they do the same stuff successfully to him, then I will buy your proposition. But I'd actually like to see someone with a plan who then has the balls to execute it. First, the brains to concoct it, and then the balls to execute it. Let's see that first, because we haven't seen that. All right? We've seen Mitt Romney and random acts of, of, uh, of feminization. We've seen Donald Trump and just random acts. All right? I, I, show me some balls and brains with a plan. Let, let's see what that looks like first. Correct. Next uh, part of this prop, there's no such thing as a swing state anymore. Buy, sell, or hold. Todd, you take this first. Oh, I'll sell. You want Todd to take it first? Okay, go ahead. Well, no, I was, I was going to sell as well. Virginia's yeah. swingy. Georgia is swingy. Those are two off the top of my head. I mean, I mean Georgia has a Republican governor. Has a Republican swingy. governor who Georgia has a Republican governor who signed heartbeat into law. Was the was what was the second state to open by gubernatorial decree behind ours, um, and he won by nine points. And it has it has two left wing U.S. senators, two of them. Yeah. All right. If if that's not a swing state, man, then I guess I just don't know what is. Okay. It's at least a schizophrenic one. So we're selling on both of those propositions. Moving on, Mav the IT guy says, Joe Kamala and every other public figure who had their COVID-19 jab administered in front of cameras didn't really get the jab but got a saline solution. They know it's evil and won't take it themselves. Rules for thee but not for me. So. Why? Why? Magical power... Uh, of vaccines. Uh, they believe in this stuff. Do I believe it's possible that in some cases, uh, you know, like the the actual people who made it uh, may have gotten a saline? But listen, I think these people are entirely uh, slappies, just like your average uh, person who goes to the doctor. I really think this is 50-50. I do. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, since Todd's sold, I'll buy. Because while I agree with everything he said, I, I, Occam's razor can swing the other way too. So you're asking me to accept that the people that it was lockdowns for, for thee and not for me. It was masks for thee and not for me. Um, it was 
uh, George Floyd funerals for thee, for me, and not for thee. Um, you couldn't go to your, you couldn't go to Nana's funeral, but you could riot in urban America the entire summer of 2020. You're asking me everything Todd says lines up with Occam's razor, and so does this. All the people that did that then turn around and said poison for thee and not for me. That ain't a stretch either. So I'll buy. I, I think this one is a flip of a coin. Since Todd sold, I'll buy. If he would have bought, I would have sold. And I think the further, see, at the front end, they thought it was magic and not poison. Many of them still do. But more and more are starting to have questions. And so now I think what you're seeing is more and more likely, Steve, in terms of the boosters. All right, moving on. We go. That's a good point. That that's a, that's a good point. That it's more likely that they have not gotten, you know, ad infinitum levels of injections. That that that's that's a very good point too. Moving on, we go to Craig O'Connor, who says Chip Roy and six or seven like-minded representatives in the House, along with Cruz and Lee and two or three like-minded others in the Senate, need to go independent. In so doing, they'll control Congress. Need more numbers than that, so I'll sell. Need a few more. I'll just sell and the reason the why the reason the re- part. The reason. Can, let me. Can I clarify? Here's why you need a few more. Because if it's it's not it's not strategy or temperance or cowardice, the majority of the rest of these caucuses don't vote for you because they don't agree with you. They'll just vote with Democrats. So, I, I'm in favor of wedge party strategies. Nigel Farage separated the UK from the European Union through a wedge party strategy. Um, and they have worked brilliantly in the past. But we, I think because of the depth of the unibrow, as our friend Shannon Brown, Shannon, Shannon Brown, our friend Shannon Joy would call it, um, I think you're going to need more numbers than that. And I'm just selling because of the last part. It, they wouldn't control Congress because Congress. you could with numbers like that if Congress was actually Congress as constitutionally devised and they cared about going there because they wanted the responsibility of voting and being the primary way of governing this country, but they don't. So unfortunately, this just wouldn't make the, as big of an impact as it should. Yeah, you're talking about the like, uh, like, like, third party. Well, can we try a second party dynamic? Because yeah. it's going to be what? The six or seven re- representatives against what? 400 you know correct and there's too many that are in like mind and and you would be almost giving them permission to do that you need you you, so don't uh, don't attack what you're not willing to kill okay even even the messiah said there was a correct time to announce himself right so you need at least 10 you have to build a critical mass for something like this it can't be a fool's errand because we live in an, we live in an era now where they'll just come out in red unitards and pitchforks and just screw you from the front and start stabbing you in the back. So you need at least ten senators, and you need at least fifty members of the House. If you get to that kind of a critical mass, I love your plan, but those numbers that you're citing won't do it. All right, we go back to truth over vax, double dipping. Uh, conservative news media broadcasts, including including those on Blaze TV, should include a graphic with a running total of unexplained U.S. deaths since the mRNA vaccine rollout. I won't complain. I love it. Bye. I Bye. love that idea. Yeah. Next, Data Masked says the Reese's cups that have food, such as pretzels and chips, mixed into the peanut butter filling are an abomination. I don't know if I've had any of these I will, before. I will sell. They're not an abomination, but I but I do think it is. It's it's too smart by a half. Don't mess with perfection, man. It, it's That's, just 
That's right. You know? What are you doing? Like, 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 like Kate Upton doesn't need to, you know, hey guys, I, you know, I, I went Helen Slater in The Legend of Billie Jean. What do you think of my new hair? Don't, you know, don't, don't mess with perfection. You're good. You know, just um, wallow in your perfection. Uh, marinate in it. Exist in, exist within your perfection. Be content within your perfection. Exactly. Next, we go to C. Smith, who says, if John Ossoff wins re-election in 2026, then Georgia, already blue, will not only be a, be a hard blue state now, but will become the Illinois of the South and will never come back red. Atlanta will have seen its best days. I'll buy. That's I have trending. To, you're going to buy? I'm, I'm going to sell just on the grounds. I, I can't even begin to contemplate 2026 on the current trajectory. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. I mean, I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I'm just telling you guys, I'm taking this six to twelve months at a time right now. Okay. Next, we go to Imperious Rex. It will be eventually nice. come to light that Brittany Griner is actually a dude playing for the WNBA. No God-created woman has a voice or Adam's apple like that. Now, I've also seen pictures. I don't know if they're deep fake pictures because there's all these tattoos and they seem to match up, but it looks like. It looks like a dude's body, like and there's been no surgery. But here's the thing about Brittany Griner. He, she, whatever, played their college basketball at Baylor. How did this get pulled off, if it got pulled off, at Baylor? Art Bryles, anybody? I, but, like, still, it, the locker rooms, everything, at Baylor. Not Penn, Baylor. That's- Are you saying you want to look, you want to look at the state of the American church today and ask yourself how dude looks like a lady because it would have won us national championships could have happened at a ostensibly Christian university? Is that what you're asking me? Yes, and this is okay. You're, okay. So the churches that the churches, it dude, we can't get most pastors in America this Sunday to stand up and say men cannot become women. Women cannot become men, and that is an abomination. We can't get. And when I say most pastors, I'm not talking like at the at the three percent of churches that have that don't place a period where God has a comma mm-hmm. sign. I'm talking at most your evangelical yeah, yeah, of course, right. Torah churches. We can't get that, and so of course I could see that happening at Baylor, especially because she, because it's dunking on other chicks and winning national championships. Of course I but could they, see that. They look so, the other way I, I'll, in I'll, I'll the buy locker this. room. I think this is entirely possible. Dude, dude, you're the you're the you're the dad with the Olympic sport yeah. world class athletes who sit around and see none of the other moms and dads yeah, say a yeah, damn yeah. thing about dudes taking spots from their babies. Yeah, but this remember yeah, absolutely she, she she was a player like she's been out of the college for this this predates all the tranny madness. She's been out for a while now. In that or locker, it and you remember her coach is what's she's at LSU now, but her coach. Kim Mulvaney. Kim yeah. Mulvaney. She, th- that, she doesn't strike me as woke to the hilt. I There's just so many pieces of this. I, and I'll believe any. If you tell me it's happened, I'm like, okay, what a, I'm really not going to like die on this hill. Here's another, here's, a, here's another possibility. Another possibility is that that was a, that was a being. A t- I mean, we've had sex change operations most of our, you and I's lifetimes, Todd. 
Okay. Yes. And all of Aaron's lifetimes. It's just we didn't call. They, it's the same. It's a lot of the same stuff. We just didn't call them transitionings or anything. They're just sex change operations. Okay. So entirely possible that that individual was in the process of that to some degree, like a top, and, and didn't go through with the bottom for as long as it would deny them those kinds of opportunities. I mean, let's let's say that this proposition is correct. Odds Brian Griner gets a college scholarship, period, let alone at a major university and as a star player. Odds. Zilch. Remote. I mean, the, the greatest women's basketball program of all time is arguably Pat Summit's Tennessee Volunteers. She practiced her players against the, the, the boys the, that were student managers. That's who they practiced against. So, Brian Griner... If this proposition were true, Brian, I mean, Leah, Leah Thomas was 462nd among men. Turned around the next year and, won, and and I think won what two national championships? I think in two different swim relays. So, there you go. I I I think the level of deception we're up against is so possible that something like this is too. So I'll buy it. Next up, changing gears a little bit, I thought this was a very unique submission. I initially passed over it and then came back and took it. This is from Timmy P, who has a list of the top 10 successful bands that no other band since or before has sounded like remotely. You ready for this? Hmm. So one-of-a-kind bands, basically. Number 10, Jane's Addiction. Sell. I think a lot of people in the alternative music sphere in the 90s tried to sound like Jane's Addiction a lot. So I'll sell. Uh, Okay, moving on. Number nine, the Moody Blues. I think that's a little more distinct. Sell, Um, They're not... I mean, distinct. If if I'm thinking about... Then I'm selling because it's not... It should be automatic. Okay. Okay, I'll buy because I can't automatically think of a band even going through the 80s synth era that sounds like them. So I'll buy on that one. Number eight, The Who. Sell. No, I mean... They, yeah, I think they're... I think they have doing, spawned... They've yeah. emulated a generation of imitators, actually. No, they're one of the most influential rock bands ever. Sell. Number seven, Earth, Wind, and Fire. This I could see, right? Although... It, it, you know, with George Clinton, there were a couple of others in that kind of funk, idyllic, with a rock sound, urban sound at the same time. But that's not something we hear a lot today. So I could buy that one. Okay. I'm selling. This one, number six, Smashing pa- uh, Pumpkins. You got to buy on this one. No, sell. There's no, name one band off the top of your head. But- I can't think of one. I mean, I ruin songs for Bella when we listen to songs. That, that that came out within the last 10 years because I said that sounds exactly like Boom and now she can't listen to this song without listening to that other song. I cannot think of some song that sounds like 1979 or whatever I, that song I, is. I think, I, th- I think I'm going to buy here because I cannot think of another alternative band from that era. You kind of hit on it. That gave you Bullet with Butterfly Wings in 1979 in the same catalog, let alone the same album. So... Okay, I'll buy on that one. Uh, number five, The Doors. 
No, they so, have. You know, I mean, I mean, in excess, you know, pattern themselves exactly after the doors. Um, I mean that again, similar to the Who, hugely influential, influential. So, in Todd Sullen, yeah. Uh, number, did we do the B fifty twos? No, we did not. So number four, the B fifty twos. Yeah. This one I could buy, and I can't stand the B-52s, and I'm glad there's nobody else that sounds like them. <laughs> I hate Love Shack. I hate the b I hated them growing up. Can't stand them. Number three, Fleetwood Mac. I would actually buy on this one. There's nobody who's like, they just have just different enough of a sound. I can't think of somebody who sounds like Fleetwood Mac off the top of my head. So, Given the distinctness of Stevie Nicks' vocals, I, you know... And when you consider the fact that it's still one of the 10 greatest selling albums, Rumors is, of all time, and I, and I can't think of someone off the top of my head that has successfully emulated or tapped into that, I, I might buy with you, brother. I might buy with you on that. Number two, Steely Dan. Well, I mean, that's some great 70s music, but it sounds a lot like a lot of other great 70s music. So, uh, And then... The one definite sell I have is Creedence Clearwater Revival, and that's the number one. Oh my gosh, one of the so. most popular songs was it's like "Proud Mary" wasn't even their song. I mean, I just yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I got to sell on that. There's a yeah. at least one other band. Uh, By the way, when we're selling on this, it's you know, imitation's the highest form of flattery. Yeah. The fact that that a lot of other bands have have said, "Wow, we want to sound like that in our own way." That's a great compliment. I mean, that's, that's not to denigrate any yeah, of Yeah, and ask all of these bands and these people who they respect the most, and they'll tell you, this is why I sold the everything. They're going to tell you everybody they loved and yeah. informed on them, and yeah. they were, it's, nobody's that unique. I mean, you look, you hear, you listen to the the Beatles, the Stones, and you hear uh, all those, um, you know, the blues that came before them, and especially in their early music, it's all in there, and, and that's okay. True originality. Pretty much. Yes, I agree with this. Yeah, pretty much all every, what you call pop music today all comes from black artists that were shunned um, in the pre-integration era, but heavily influenced people like the Beatles and, and Led Zeppelin and The Who. They got credit for their, and Elvis, they got credit for their work later on. That's pretty much everything that you're hearing, even even the, the synth, the modern sounds, the keyboard stuff, those were all things that the, the Beatles started experimenting with as early as Rubber Soul. I mean, none of this, all of it is pretty much derivatives of that to a varying degree. All of it is. Interesting the, uh, concept. Even, even, even rap music is sampling, samples those songs for its own melodies. So there you go. Interesting concept for a list, regardless. Um, next, we go to Sheep Before we get to the next one. Before, sorry about that. Before we get to the next one, I got to get this in. In these unprecedented times. Bing. Make sure you dare not venture forth, my good sir, into the Let's Go Brandon real estate market without an agent that you can trust to herald you all the way to the end. Where would you find such a champion? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. The process there is simple. Just go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Provide us with some basic info. Then our team will reach out and make an introduction to you uh, to one of our preferred recommended agents. How do they get recommended? We vetted them. We don't just take anybody. That's why we got a waiting list of thousands of agents that want to be included in this database. We want to make sure we trust them before we entrust them to you. All right, so head over to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Apologies, Aaron. 
Uh, it's fine. There's a little bit of a delay. There's early, there's enough of a delay where it's hard to get in sync like we are. We would be in the studio, but we will continue with Sheepdog1458, who says, if Nefarious is released in theaters, it'll break $15 million opening weekend. That That's no- a tall ask. That number's an abstraction in general. Give me some context, Steve. What is a... Like like Unplanned's total domestic theatric run, I want to say was twenty three or twenty four million total. God's not total. That, but, uh, but, God's not God's not dead. I think its total domestic run was about sixty or seventy million. I want to say. Then it made I, another thirty or forty million dollar global thirty forty is, million globally. This is not a knock on Unplanned. They didn't have much of a. I don't know if they had the budget or strategy for marketing it, but I just know that there was not much into that was there i mean because you were because you were kind of asked towards the end to kind of talk it they, up and I, true true and and not that i needed prompting because I, no. I love the film but but a lot of the pro-life intelligentsia i think they were counting on a lot of the pro-life intelligentsia that we learned many years ago not uh, to count on okay uh, i think they were counting on that pro-life intelligentsia coming through for a film that was tailor-made for them to win the argument and found out maybe some of these people don't actually want to win the argument. You know, like what our president Gaston Mooney used to refer to when he worked on Capitol Hill for Jim DeMint as big baby. Okay. And unless you're inside of the system and you see this for your eyes, it's just very hard to believe that, you know? And I think maybe they kind of encountered some of that with unplanned and, and then the MPAA screwed him by putting an R rating on it, knowing that a lot of the Christian audience just wouldn't go see it regardless because of that. You know, uh, they can, they can slap an R rating on this. I don't think it'll hurt us pretty much at all because it's not it's it, it's a horror movie so if anything it might help us being a rated our horror movie if they try to do that to us if they really want to screw us rate it pg you know if they if the mpaa really wants it's the mpa now not 1a if they really want to screw us with this one they'll just rate it pg and then the kids will think oh that's really lame i don't want to see that i'll buy um if the promotion of this is what it can be and should be on top of the fact that listen people are are starving to go to the movie theater to see a good movie. There's been so much crap out there that nobody cares about. The tentpole stuff, that's been crap. Everything else is, like, you know, art. Look at the, what the movies that are mentioned for the Oscars. I haven't even heard half of them. It, it, this is ripe to have that kind of moment. I mean, really, it's strange. In this culture, have this, it's, it's kind of a bit counterintuitive but in some ways. But things are ripe for this movie to have that kind of weekend. I will buy. Just to just to, just to point that that, that what Todd just set out. You know, you guys know one of the things when I go down to the basement the last few weeks of the year, right? We're off the air, take vacation, and I get caught up on a bunch of movies I didn't have a chance to get to see when we're busy during the fall. And holiday movie season is the second biggest release schedule next to Christmas. And Amy and I are getting away for a couple of days post Christmas. Maybe and, and in the past, you know, let's go see three or four movies and get caught up. We were like, what are we going to see? Like, Puss in Boots. At what was out. Really looking forward yeah, to going we to see like, Puss in Boots. What, yeah, what are, we, what are we going to see? So a movie that is in our genre, um, it's a demonic-based uh, horror film. Now, having seen them both, our movie is much better. But a movie that is in our genre, that's the most successful movie in our genre, the demonic subgenre of horror, is Smile. Smile is the most successful demonic um, horror film so far this year. Uh, when it opened at the end of September, it opened to uh, 22.6 million. 
is what it opened to with one of the best and most aggressive marketing campaigns I have seen from a horror film in the last couple of years. A tremendous trailer. You know, if you guys remember during the baseball playoffs, they were putting individual people with creepy smiles. Like It looked like they were sitting in the audience when they mentioned the movie. It had one of the best and most clever marketing campaigns I've seen. Um, and the movie ended up making $123 million and it opened for $22 million. So, and that, so it did that with a very, very clever marketing campaign. And we're going to have to come up with something similar for our film to open at the number that, that, that this individual uh, this individual claims. So I'm going to sell just because I prefer to exceed expectations. All right, we move on. We need a judgment on some pies. Some Call Me Tim submits top five pies. Number five, lemon meringue. Number four, apple. So, Number three, chocolate pie. French silk. Number two, strawberry okay. rhubarb. Number one, key lime. I'm going to sell on the list as a whole. Me too. So am I. So am I. I wouldn't put key lime on there, although it's an underrated flavor. Where's coconut cream? I'm not even sure I've had strawberry rhubarb. I just know people love it. You're right about coconut cream. Um, Pecan's got to be on there because when it is done right, it is the best. It's just not always done right. The problem with pecan pie is it's just like when you eat it, it's either like, what is this? Or like, why haven't I ate this my entire life? It's either great or it's like, what what are we doing here? And And pumpkin has to be on there. And pumpkin is the is the OG. I completely agree. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one for this segment. Uh, I've enjoyed or whole says the lifting of jab mandates in the military has nothing to do with recruiting numbers, COVID case counts, or concerns for the health, safety, and freedom of our troops. It has to do with the inability to hide the long term results of the experiment on them. No. Uh, I think I'm going to sell. I think you're still giving them too much credit. I think it it strictly just comes down to the fact Kevin McCarthy doesn't have 218 votes to be speaker. And 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 so therefore, he, we he he we have leverage on him, and we're getting things, and him taking positions on things, that are then forcing the Senate's hand if they want to get anything done. I think it's that. I don't even I don't, I don't even think it's about what you said. I don't think they care about that. I will so buy on Steve's sell. Absolutely, the most cynical answer is the right one. Yep. All right, we'll come back. One last segment of year end buy Souther hold. When we do, stay tuned. Steve Day Show. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. One final segment today on a special year-end edition of Buy, Seller Hold. Next week's our end-of-the-year programming, and so we won't have time for Buy, Seller Hold. So we made that the whole show this week because we know how much you guys love it, and we do too. You know what you don't love? Those so-called offers for free iPhones, they're usually too good to be true. Uh, And just like freedom itself, nothing worth having is actually free. Mobile phone companies not only lock you into long-term contracts for that quote-unquote free iPhone, but they also build the price of the phone into your bill with hidden fees, so they get their money back anyway. But with Patriot Mobile, they show you how to get the same iPhone interest-free without the games and no contract. They do that because they're America's only... American mobile phone company left. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the communists do because everybody pretty much uses the same towers these days. But now you'll get actually excellent public service 
uh, and um, you'll uh, realize that you're no longer directly funding uh, causes and entities that hate you in your way of life. So take advantage of this right now with Patriot Mobile. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Get a free activation with the offer code Steve today when you do. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve, or you can call them, if that's easier, 972-PATRIOT. Back to some buy, seller hold, Aaron. All right, we move on with Dustin Taylor. I missed this somehow earlier on in buy, seller hold. He says, knowing what we know now, social media is basically a spook op, meaning a spook of... The deep, sp- deep states, it's just a, an operation of them. If it didn't start that way, it is now. Buy, sell, or hold. Buy. I'll sell. Because I, I, I think it's still the last place for the true free dissemination of information that we have left. So that what he's claiming is true, in essence. I'm just not sure the scope of it is as true as he claims. This this was supposed to be the thing to get people out of uh, boxes. People are more tightly wrapped in their boxes than ever before. They think they're uh, nonconformists when they're the biggest conformists ever. All right, we'll go now to Zulet Zibugs, or Zulit Zibugs. I'm sorry about that. Tommy, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are done. This will be their last meaningful season on the field. Sell, in both cases. Why do you think that? Uh, well, Brady might as well just go ahead and keep playing till he drops now. His team is still going to make the playoffs. Um, and I just, I can't see Aaron Rodgers going out like this. Yeah, I'll sell. Do you, do you think it's more likely that one retires than the other? No, I don't think it's likely either one does. Okay, I think it's more likely. Brady. I guess. I guess. I guess. I guess if you told me it was more likely, I'd say fifteen percent chance Aaron Rodgers does, one percent chance Tom Brady does. I'd go the opposite. All right, uh, moving on. If I can get back up to speed here. Um. All right, we'll go to this one. Antonius Pius, I don't know if I'm saying your your name quite right. Pius. Pius, whatever. Uh, if we believe, stop naming your Twitter accounts things that I can't say. Uh, if we believe that GOP Senate leadership, no matter how they personally vote, are guilty of orchestrating every betrayal, we cannot in good conscience continue the moratorium on Lindsey Graham jokes. <laughs> well, I, we've already broken the seal on that earlier in this segment. And then I, I just, I couldn't restrain myself. I've, I clearly, as you all know, lack self-control in this area and broke that seal last week on the day group. So it's, it's, it's already, it's been, it's been brought in. It's done. So yeah. say we all. Bye. Yes. Uh, Pablo Lim says, Elon is the real person of the year and it's not even close. Yeah, I could bye. argue for DeSantis. I could argue for DeSantis. I think it's one of those two, and it's not even close. I'll buy. It's Musk. Uh, Chris B. says, The failures to confront the problems in our society stems directly from our unwillingness to confront them in our own lives. Buy. Oh, absolute buy. You bet. Absolute buy. I mean, it's the conversation we were having for a few minutes yesterday. Have we reached the point where so many people have 
been have, have allowed themselves to be subjected to this poison now that they don't want to admit that they had been had they they don't want to admit that they allowed them to do this to them over a crummy job um as i mean that's that's human nature and um that's why the idea that you were ever gonna you're, you're ever gonna conquer the Republican Party in the primary process. So you're gonna convince the same people that nominated Lindsey Graham to the U.S. Senate in South Carolina five times. You're gonna suddenly convince them on the sixth round that the vote they made all these years was stupid and dumb. You're, you're not you're not asking them to replace Lindsey Graham. You're asking them to admit their own stupidity. Their, their own enabling. That, that Lindsey Graham is a construct of their shallowness. That's why we need high turnout primaries to win. We need people that don't typically show up to vote in Republican primaries to show up and vote in them because they're not tethered emotionally. They don't have to justify this vote. Oh, that's my guy. You know, he came to my Rotary Club or went to my you know, christening of the park and, you know, got me a grant. It doesn't have any of that. You're, you're just there for the kill. Similarly, when it came to COVID, a lot, of, a lot of you relied on the same conservative truth tellers to, to tell you the truth on this, and they didn't. Because they were vested and bought into the same system. Like the South Carolina primary voter that, kept buying, that keeps voting for Lindsey Graham. And then, when, and, then, and then when Lindsey Graham's not up for re-election and there's no primary, that same South Carolina primary voter laughs at all of our Lindsey Graham jokes. <laughs> but when there's a chance to get rid of Lindsey Graham, they don't. Because that would admit their own defeat and failure. Likewise, now that it's safe to tell the truth about Fauci and the jab, lots of entities are doing it that wouldn't do it when we needed them to, to save us from what was unsafe. But, but... The truth came out from other means. You found here you found heroes and allies and people like Del Bigtree and Naomi Wolf who don't show up at our GOP caucus meetings. Same phenomenon. The problem, why? Because the problem is the people. The people are the problem. Nailed it. All right, Coach Mike. Steve would exchange a Michigan national championship in DeSantis' 2024 victory for one week locked in a house with Anthony Fauci, Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, and Liz Cheney, surviving only on water and green bean casserole. Buy, sell, or hold. Get Michigan national championship in DeSantis' 2024 for one week with the aforementioned people. I mean, I'm in the room. I'm in in there. Yeah. And you got to only survive for a week. In fact, you could have probably just stopped at Fauci and I'd have bought. Okay. Yeah, you're thinking. So at that about point, everything's just a value. Coach Mike. Yeah, everything. Every, everything's just a value added. I mean, to me, I mean, to me, this is a very lopsided trade in my favor. All right. So, bye. Yeah, you didn't have any like bizarre restrictions on it. I kept waiting for it. He, Steve would race to this option. See, Coach Mike. Yes. You yeah. made a crucial mistake in this submission. You thought that Steve was going to be trapped in there with them. No, there's trapped in there with Steve. Moving on. <laughs> nice. Uh, Brian Johnson, <laughs> nice. yet again, he's got some good submissions this week. Next year, Trevor Lawrence will be the quarterback the Jags thought they were getting 
Lots of improvement this year. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, bye. Oh, bye. Yeah, I could see it. Sure. Playing quarterback in the NFL, uh, newsflash, it's hard. Settle down, everybody. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. Relax. Yeah, it's kind of difficult. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Evan Hayes says uh, Kentucky versus Iowa will hit the under 31 point spread or total. I think that's just un, just unbelievable. Iowa, Iowa, I, I, dude, you found how bad found out how bad Iowa's backup quarterback was. They, he couldn't get in the what game. About your third or fourth now they don't have either yeah. one of them. What's the third or fourth string look like? All right, Will Levis, I mean, isn't going to play for Kentucky, and their offense wasn't great with him on, in the lineup. So last year, these two teams played at full strength, and Kentucky had an NFL receiver out there, Wandale Robinson, playing his ass off. And what was that game? 37 points, right, Aaron? 20 to 17? Okay. Uh, I think Wasn't was... that what the score was last year with Kentucky? Oh, and yeah, Iowa? yeah. It was fairly low scoring. In yeah. the bowl game? It was 20 to 17 last year, if I recall. So if there were 37 points last year, with with a Kentucky with Kentucky having an NFL receiver playing his rear end off and Will Levis and Iowa at full strength, what is it this year with Iowa and and its third or fourth string quarterback? And by the way, a lot of uh, several of Iowa's other weapons, I guess we would call them, have, are transferring out. A couple running backs, another receiver, you know. And now Kentucky doesn't have Will Levis. Absolutely, I'd play the under. I think that's I think that's first one to fourteen or seventeen wins. Todd, you're buying on that? Yeah. Okay. Sam Hillier says, by the end of 2023, it won't be inflation. That will be the major economic issue. But deflation, transportation, which is a leading indicator, has already seen rates drop and loosening of capacity. Deflation will mean high unemployment, business closings, foreclosures, et cetera, greater depression. Well, the, What was the year again? By uh, the end of 2023. So by the end of this time next year. I'm going to sell, sell just because I don't want to see that kind of I don't want to see that kind of suffering. Oh, you're gonna unless just we gonna change. Sell. You're gonna, but it, I think that's just I just don't, that, I just don't I don't I don't want to speak that into the ether. But that's again what people don't understand. And when we say this is the worst inflation ever, people what about the Great Depression? Deflation was 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 the driving catalyst of the Great Depression. Deflation, a loss of value of things comprehensively. All right, that's 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 why the economy bounced back. Because and it's funny when when liberals want to credit FDR and conservatives want to credit World War II, they're saying the same thing. They're saying the same thing. Because what does a government do in both a New Deal and in a war? What do they do a lot of in print each of those money. things, guys? What do they do? Spend and print money. So it was the same thing. Okay, because there was only one outlet left in America that had the wherewithal to print enough money to make your goods and services worth a damn thing, and it was the government. All right, because of deflation, what he's talking about. So, um, but I don't want to see that kind of suffering, and 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 I'm inclined to think we'll just keep printing and printing and printing and printing, so inflation gets to double digits instead of allowing that to happen as well. So I'll sell. Yeah, agreed. Next up, we go to Bobby Angelo, who has a simple submission: This year sucked. Well, that's been true. Like I told you, it would be. Since 2016. On a personal level, you know, just with our family, um, getting a contract extension, seeing nefarious come to reality, you know, I, on a personal level, I, I, I don't, you know. Oh, I agree. Um, on a personal level for me I, I've well. had a tremendous year, you know. But culturally, on a meta level, for the West, 
I would buy this. Yeah. All right. One more that I want uh, Steve to get on in on at least. This is maybe one of the more interesting submissions that we've had in a while. Paul Howard says, DeSantis taking on Big Pharma on the jabs is brilliant because it also allows him to take on Trump without ever saying his name. Oh, I completely agree with this analysis and would buy it. Um, But I also think, I, I think that what we anticipated to be some kind of titanic clash is fizzling out. I mean, you, you are, you are, you are watching a large swath of the Republican base is moving on from Donald Trump, just moving on. Um, and it, it's almost like he hasn't announced a presidential candidacy. I mean, I think I, I completely agree with a clip I saw of Steve Bannon last week urging him, Hey, are you running? What are you doing? What, what is this? Steve, you're not you're, Bannon. Steve yeah. Bannon. I completely agree with I agree with Steve's analysis. I mean, act like you're running. Inject yourself into the process. What are we doing? What's the what's the agenda? What's the plan? What is it? I mean, I I, I, I just I I think the, the the tectonic plate here plates have shifted here. Um and um and I and I don't and, and he's gonna need to I think he's gonna have to figure out and I wouldn't put it past him at all. He's done it in life before. I mean, he's come back from divorces, scandalous divorces. He's come back from multiple bankruptcies. Um, you know, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it won't happen. But, he, but he controls the least amount of his fate, doing it this time that he did in the other ones. He's also pushing eighty, um, and 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 he's getting squeezed out here organically. Because it has nothing to do with these hackneyed January 6th commissions. Our base and people that are going to decide this don't give a whiz of urine about any of that stuff. If anything, those things are probably keeping them alive. There's probably a contingent of our people that are like, hell yeah, I'm going with them again just to spite your asses. Okay? It's organic. What's happened is Ron DeSantis has become the policy manifestation of Donald Trump's message. And then Elon Musk has become the disrupting manifestation of Donald Trump's message. And, and so, in, in a way, there's no more room at the inn. Right? I mean, he, he's not empowered to disrupt things that, to the extent that Musk can. And, and his attempts to disrupt things come with an automatic reverb because of how aligned against him they are and organized against him they are. And then he's not empowered to enact any policy agenda like at all. And so DeSantis has that purview exclusively to himself. And because he's in the Republican Party, you know, in a normal environment, you'd have a lot of imitators out there trying to outdo him at what he does best. But since it's the Republican Party, they, he's, he's actually surrounded with people who hate what he's doing, won't try to do what he's doing. or what he, And so he'll just get to own that space all to himself. So I'm, so I think the problem that Trump has is is creating a market to grow. I mean, he is right now with with 10,000% name ID. He is polling in 30s. So I'm not, I'm not and and with, and I'm not talking I don't I'm not posting ABC News Washington Post polls. I'm talking GOP pollsters. His own pollsters. I I'm not I, I, you know, I, I, I would, it's way too early to, 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 you know, say no shot. And we live in an era where there's no conventional wisdoms, obviously. And he is the, you know, embodiment of, of conventional wisdom anathema. But this is going to take an even bigger chore 
than winning the nomination the first time. He's older. Um, we've heard all the hits before. There's nothing original to really play. Um, he's got another candidate who's younger, more liked, who Fox News is going to support over him this time that's occupied the same space that once belonged to him. And he's got Elon Musk, who is now the the, the celebrity provocateur. So his work is cut out for him next year, I think, for sure. I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were up against the break, man. You guys want to give a quick buy or sell on that? I'll sell. I'm, Sooner or later, you're going to have to say his name about something. I'm I'm going buy. Okay. As long as Donald Trump is a salesman for the vaccines. Yep, I'm a buy. All right, guys. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Hopefully, if I make it back home, American Airlines permitting. Until then, John 317.